The Chiefs missed no one more than Travis Kelsey coming back to their first ball game. What does the prognosis look like? What can they do to build to go forward in week two? And what are those tweaks they need to make today? I'm locked on Chiefs Live. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, Chiefs fans around the world. Nice to see you. It is Sunday, and we are live today as we're watching the winding down of a couple of AFC West uh, teams that are out there and playing. Even though the Chiefs are off, we appreciate you for making our you, us your first listen today. Make sure you check out the rest of the Lockdown shows, especially in the aftermath of all the Week 1 games, plus all the shorts that we're going to have here on the YouTube channel. You can check those out by getting liked and subbed on this channel right now. We have a ton coming for you. I'm Ryan Tracy from Rogue Analytics. I am performance consulting as well with NFL33.com and RGRfootball.com. Together with my partner, Chris Clark of Chiefs Corner, you want to check out everything that we're doing there as we get ready to get into this second week where a lot of changes have to come in. We appreciate you being with us and our sponsor, LinkedIn, because if you need to find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster, the best way to go is LinkedIn Jobs, and you can post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now we're going to get into the tweaks that they need to make, what the defense can build on, because there were some positives. And if you want to get all that information and breaking news as it comes, make sure you subscribe uh, over on the, the text line. That's 816-357-8781. But today we're going to start with Travis Kelsey, where he's at. It's been a back and forth roller coaster of reports about where his health really is. And this was something I think when you look back on it, really derayed the whole offensive process for this first week. No way around that. But there was some news today about where we might or might not see him. And I don't know how confident you are in prison, but the news was not what we thought it was at first. What did it come out today? And Chris is going to tell us here in just a second. As uh, we get our, our mic up here on the live show. Yeah, it seems like Jake Lazier said today that Travis Kelsey, they were afraid that he had a microfracture surgery uh, or the microfracture injury, uh, same as he would have had his first year in the NFL. Uh, this time would have been on the right knee. I believe the first time it was on the left knee. Uh, that was what their original worry was. So that's a big question. If it was that severe, the bone bruise was that severe, there's a big question there as to whether or not he's going to be able to play. Uh, it did come out during the game that he went in the pool, was not able to put any real weight on it, uh, told the athletic staff they're going to try to run tomorrow. And the big question is, is whether or not he's going to be able to have you know run and have any swelling. Also sounds like he had a lot of swelling in his knee, which is a big problem going uh, into this next game. Agreed. And this is, I think, kind of uh, the worst case scenario that we we thought we might have to deal with. So at the end of the day, can he be ready for this week? It's not out of the realm of possibility, but this is a setback. Let's not make any any grandiose plans around it. Uh, we had hoped that it would be like he'd be back. But if this isn't the case, it certainly puts more pressure on everyone else involved. We're going to talk about the offensive tweaks that they can make later in the show today. But it also, I think, has to be, uh, yet again, kind of in the same mode that I was in right after the injury was first announced. Like I am, I am more, despite their performance against the Lions, apt to be take it easy with Travis, be on the cautionary side, get him taken care of, don't rush him back for any way, shape, form, or reason. Because if you look at a season without Travis Kelsey, we're in trouble here. Well, and it also, I was trying to find the report as you were bringing this up. 
Glazer also reported that he had 45 cubic centimeters of blood removed from his knee. That's a huge concern. If that's really true, that could mean that there is some bigger issues there that they're going to have to figure out. So I would say that there's a severe question whether or not he actually is going to be available this week. We'll have to see how the practice reports come out and if he's able to practice on, I guess they're going to practice on Tuesday this or I guess it'll be Wednesday this week. So we may know by Tuesday, but I would guess that we're probably not really going to have a good idea until Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, a 45 cc blood draw out of out of the knee capsule itself. That's that's a concern. That's quite a bit more than you would be comfortable with, I would think, in any way, shape, or form. But well, even more so than that is the the lack of weight bearing. That is one of the keys to return to play in any prognosis at any level with a knee injury like this. So that's definitely going to be something they're going to have to watch well, and manage, and it doesn't bode well. Let me ask you, since you have a little bit more of the physical therapy aspect of this, is it normally going to be knee that's causing the, or is it normally going to be blood that's causing the swelling? Or is it going to be some I, other kind of... They'll definitely be fluid if there's internal bleeding like that. That's going to be a portion of it. But I think any kind of time you have trauma that to, to the joint that is that significant, that you're actually producing uh, open bleeding, you have to worry about what the cause of that is, I think, more uh, in terms of inflammation, yep. uh, damage to any of the structures around it, and what that means in terms of joint stability. So uh, I, I think that's something that I'm not going to say, I'm not going to venture given I have no information medically. Um, but if we hear that he has to go back in for another MRI or something like that, that means that there was more damage there than initially thought and they were hopeful and it didn't work out that way. So that's yeah. what we're trying to avoid this week if we're trying to be cautious. And Catherine, that's coming from Jake Glazer. He reported it on Fox Football Today during the pre uh, the pre workup to the games today. Yeah, it's a little bit disconcerting. I, I think when you look at Travis and his age, you have to be more on the side of caution. And I actually felt pretty decent about the way Noah Gray played. Is it is he the offensive threat that Travis Kelsey is? No, there's, there's no way to do that. Do you think that they have to adjust? The elevation of Matt Bushman was certainly part of the plan. We even saw uh, you know Blake Bell get in the end zone and make a couple of catches. Maybe his best offensive performance as a chief, to be honest, because that's that's how important that it was. Do you think they have enough to sustain the tight end position without Travis here in the next couple of weeks if that's the way it works out? I think they do. I think that if you go look at the game plan and if you go look at what happened in that game, it's a scenario where there was – it wasn't just the tight end situation. It was guys were running into each other. The routes weren't where they were supposed to be running. Guys weren't running where they are supposed to be. They weren't going uh, where they are supposed to be. I mean, there's no way – Specifically, let's talk about the Tony pass really quick where he has Richie James crossing in front of his face. There's no way James was supposed to be in that exact area. Andy Reid and his spacing makes sure that you're not going to have those types of situations. Now, when Patrick goes on the move and is trying to make plays, that's a whole different scenario. Like the the fourth and 20 pass to Sky Moore where Justin Watson was right there. They're just trying to make a play at that point. But the Tony play in the with James right in front of his face, that's not supposed to happen in this chief's offense and with spacing. Yeah, I agree. And so crowding the, the field with more tight ends might be a little bit problematic, but there are ways that they can address this. We're going to get to that later in the show and coming up in just a minute is what the defense did that we should be happy about and should be ready to build on. But I want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn jobs. These days, new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. 
Go check out LinkedIn Jobs. They have a lot of different people that are out there looking for jobs right now. This is a great place to get to look for people that you're trying to hire for your business, whether it's for Ryan and, and trying to get some of his production done or me trying to get some of my stats work working on. Uh, lots of different things you can look for out on LinkedIn Jobs. Go add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivery quality for hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I think one thing that we we have to take a look at here as today uh, we're winding down the ball game. Uh, Chargers are ahead by a few points here with, at the two-minute warning for them. Uh, Raiders did beat the Broncos today, so uh, that was a 16-17 score. Uh, whereas the Chargers put up 34 points to this point. Uh, the defense is something that I think we need to keep the, on the mind of the Chiefs because we're so focused on the offense every week. But it, it was truly the defense that kept them in this last uh, ballgame against the Lions, and they're going to need that again. A couple of things that stood out to me are probably, I think, maybe more positive than we initially thought, uh, in particular the pass rush. And it came down to, in terms of producing pressure, uh, the – Mantle has been passed, and I think we should feel good about that because George Karloftis, while it wasn't a ton of pressure, did lead the team in pressures uh, with three. FAU and Mike Dana came in right behind him with two, uh, and a pair also for Legereus Sneed. But FAU did it in 12 snaps, right, if I'm correct on that? So you're looking uh, at getting there. 13 pass rush, yep. Okay, so basically 12, you know, 12, 13 snaps. So you're looking at what, uh, a little under 20%, closer to 15%. Uh, pressure rate at that point. Uh, that's pretty fantastic. That's pretty great for a first round pick that uh, is mostly known as a speed guy. He still has a lot of work to do when it comes to getting, you know, different moves that he can help that will help him get to the quarterback more. But for his first NFL game, especially considering how much he missed in the preseason and how much he, well, not really preseason, but how much he missed before that in the OTAs and rookie minicamp, this is a very good sign. And I think it is a very good sign. It may not be a big thing for this year. He may not be able to, to translate it all in year one, or it may be something where it translates later on in the year. But looking at the future of this team, your defensive end positions look bright with those two players. Yeah, I have to agree with you. And I was a little bit surprised, particularly by Felix's performance. Um, I was hopeful for Mike Dan, and he seemed to put that out there. Now, only 11 pressures on, for the unit on the night there the first week. And we did see kind of what we expected. You got some pressure from Willie Gay. Uh, you got some pressure from Legereus Sneed. <clears throat> you saw some, some blitzing by some other defensive backs. And so certainly the blitz was part of it. But uh, you want to see that uptick from 11 total pressures to go up. But that was a pretty decent offensive line group that we saw in the Detroit Lions. Very good. Uh, the Jags, consequently, are going to have a little bit more of their hands full, I do believe. Uh, they did beat the Colts today. But – Looking forward, I think that that number has to come up to right about 20 or, or you might be able to get away with 18 and still be productive. I thought Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good today. We're going to talk about the matchup with the Jags later in the week as we get there. Uh, I didn't get to see the whole game for him, but pressure is certainly going to be an anomaly. So looking back at this statistically, uh, maybe the impression wasn't that, that great on uh, Thursday night, but I do come away with this feeling a little bit more optimistic. 
that they can continue to build on what they started with the three edges in Dana, FAU, and Carl Loftus really playing as, as all-around defensive players. No, I agree with you, and I think the big thing looking at next week is you have to be in a situation where your corners play a little bit better than they played on, on Thursday night. I think they played okay. I'm not going to say they played great, but I thought they played okay. But you're in a situation where you're going to be going up against some really good receivers uh, in Jacksonville. And then you also have a situation where one of the things to watch is it looks like Brandon Scherf is probably not going to be playing against the Chiefs come next Sunday because he went out with an ankle injury on Sunday. So, uh, you know, hopefully he is able to heal quickly, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be available since he was carted off the field. Yeah, back on wood. Now, one of the themes that I think we're going to have here this week is injury. Just as we talked about Travis Kelsey at the, the top of the show today, we're going to have a couple of guys that we have to to watch. Um, now, Trent McDuffie was, was the best graded per PFF in that first contest. Four uh, receptions on five targets, limited to 38 yards. It's a little bit more than, than I do want to see in terms of completion percentage. But certainly had the forced fumble, had a couple of other plays that I think he was in the right spot at the right time, not necessarily uh, in the coverage aspect. I think with Jerry Sneed's injury, though it did seem to be behind behind him, I, I am not fully convinced even after, what was it, 36 uh, pass coverage snaps. I'm not fully convinced that he's 100% back. Um, not his best game out had, according to PFF, four missed tackles. I only had three on my sheet, but... Uh, either way, that's far too many. We had seen some up and down play from uh, Justin Reed as well. A couple of uh, missed tackle early, made the big play at the end. So a little bit back and forth. Is it surprise you that McDuffie and Brian Cook were the best graded defensive backs on this roster on week one, uh, even though they're just second year players? I don't think so. I think I was expecting that from McDuffie and expecting Snead to have a fantastic game out after he's been out with a knee injury, I think is asking a little much. I'm not saying he played great. I think he played okay. Uh, the one thing I will argue with you on McDuffie is, you know, I don't care if you get thrown out and you allow 38 yards. Uh, I mean, yeah, 100% completion percentage isn't what you want, but I'm not going to be upset about 38 yards. It is what it is at that point. Um, you're holding down your part of the field and that's what's important. So, uh, at least that's how you look at it when you look at what PFF is doing when they come to grading. So you have to look at it from their perspective. I think that's a pretty good game from him. Uh, when you look at the rest of the team and you look at, you know, Brian Cook, I think thought he played well. You didn't hear his name, and that's exactly what you want from your safeties. <laughs> it's a fair point. Um, I, I completely agree with you. I was pretty happy with him. Uh, Drew Tranquil didn't play a ton of snaps, uh, 14 in total, but – had a couple of stops. Uh, I, I think he looked solid. I think the game plan is going to uh, move around a little bit for him. We'll see after we take a look at the Jags' first week out on their offense, see if there's going to be some tweaks there. But I think there are a couple of things to take away in that, that pass rush was one of them. Didn't get a ton out of uh, Coburn and Naughty, uh, but Naughty did get some pressure. So I, I feel like you have at least two there. Turk Warden, I, I think, what did he play? 23, 27 snaps, I'm sorry. Uh, didn't have much of a stat line, but I felt that his presence was important. So I want to see them build on that as well. Well, and I think that you have to remember, he's also coming back from an ACL injury. I think he's going to be a guy that will get more snaps as the years go, year goes on, assuming they don't get Chris Jones back, which at this point seems like it's not going to happen anytime soon. So uh, still no information on that. And Jake Glazer did also report on Jones that there's no movement on that contract at all. So we'll see how that continues to go as, as things go. 
Overall, though, I think you have to feel pretty good about the defense considering who they played and how many points they allowed them to score. Uh, obviously, you know, Jacksonville could be a very good team this year. They're probably going to be one of the top scoring offenses in the NFL. Sure looked like that week one. Uh, so we'll see. But it's going to be an interesting game on Sunday. Well, coming up next, what are the offensive tweaks that they can make? They're going to help them without Travis Kelsey, even with him, so that they can improve. We're going to talk about that here on Locked On Chiefs, your team every day. But first, a message from our pals over at FanDuel, because right now it's the greatest time to get in on the action and those incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers can get bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed, win, lose, or draw, not a problem. Plus, all customers, that's every single one, those of you who have played for or with us before, bet $5 can get up to $100 off of the NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV right now. Now is the best time to join FanDuel because it's easy to use on that app. Uh, you can bet anything from spreads to props to, to craziness if you want to get into or just keep it simple and go money line. It's perfectly, perfectly fine. They give you the opportunity to make your decisions. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with the offer that you don't want to miss. That's $5 to get $200 in bonus bets for new customers. It's at FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. The other aspect that I, I think we've probably put a lot of attention on in the negative, uh, in the aftermath of that ball game, um, and this is where it comes in. We, we do had one question we were going to answer tonight uh, from Terry Mitchell. Appreciate you, Terry. Uh, are you guys worried about this team? Well, the only way that I can answer you right now is it's worrisome. I think I want to see them make changes. The ones that we're about to talk about, I think will help, but really that's the big thing. They're presented with a challenge. Now it's how they respond to it. So I don't, I don't think that I'm too terribly worried yet, but what did we miss the other night? Well, like you said, we had receivers in wrong positions and in more importantly to me, didn't have one step up. That's what I'm looking for in week two. I think that's part of the problem, but I also will say, you know, you have a lot of people out there saying right now that it's, you know, Kadarius Tony needs to be cut, traded, whatever. To me, you're sitting here looking at week one. And I, I mean, no, no offense to Terry, I, I think it's a great question. I'm not worried right now because it's week one. If it was week five, week six, we're still seeing this, that's a bigger issue. But week one, one week, and, and seeing how this team is going to play the next three or four games, that's really what's going to be telling to me. When we look at, the first quarter of the season, do they end up to a point where they're three and one? Are they two and two? Are they one and three? I mean, that's going to be really determining where I feel on, on how this game plays out. Are there concerns? Yes. Uh, am I worried? Not really. I think that Kansas city is going to clean it up. And, and one of the biggest reasons I think they'll clean it up is because of what I just talked about earlier. You start looking at this offense and how out of sync they were. The receivers were not running into the places that they should have been. The spacing wasn't correct. And that's something you're not going to get out of any an Andy Reid offense very often. Uh, if that continues to happen, that's going to be a problem. Even if Travis Kelsey comes back, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, no way around that. A couple other tweaks that I, that I do think that they need to make. One is that you got to find a way to get your angles in the run game better. Uh, they did not average a whole lot in terms of yards per carry for a couple of nice plays, but on average. <clears throat> the run game, when you handed it off to either Clyde Edwards-Alaire or, or Isaiah Pacheco, didn't produce what it needs to produce, especially knowing that without Travis, you're going to have to do that a little bit more often. You're going to have to be able to make teams pay. I thought Pacheco ran well and ran hard. I think he also added a lot of value 
in the pass game. Um, the screens, he looked great. He looked explosive. I think that that clearly is something <clears throat> that Andy always has in the game plan. But that's the other tweak that I would make in terms of play calling is I think they need to get more into uh, the creative screen types, take advantage of the athletic offensive linemen, and the fact that they're going to get pass rush like there's no tomorrow in this coming ball game. Josh Allen is a formidable pass rusher. I think the screen game can be the answer to that. You know, I am really curious, and I'm not saying that Andy Reid's going to switch the way he does things on offense, but you see a offensive coordinator change when it comes to the Los Angeles Chargers. And I expected that Herbert was going to be tilting the ball over the field. He has been throwing a lot in game one. The whole reason I bring this up, they ran the ball just about as much as they passed it today. I'm not saying they need to get to 50-50 when it comes to the run, but you also go back and you look. And I, and I charted all of the third downs. I'm actually working on an article talking about third down completions and, and how that worked out. But you're almost never running on third down. That's a problem. Just yeah. because you're locked into being a passing team on first on third down, and yes, you don't want to take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. I get that, but at the same time, if you're almost always going to be passing, or 95 percent really is what I think it ended up being. If you take away the fact that Mahomes had two runs on third down, which he was trying to pass, so I don't count those. Those are designed pass plays. Uh, if you're always trying to pass instead of running the ball on third down. He became a lot more predictable. And I think that also should be able to help them when you get into third and short. Run the ball. At least try it. If you're not going to get it, that's fine. But but run the ball between your three guys that are your stars on the offensive line. Tooney and Creed and, and Smith, they should be able to get you two or three yards just about every time on, on any given run play. Yeah, I would think so. And then it comes to what are you what are you asking guys to do? Clear them. I, I think the guys who had the most luck or or most production against the the lines. I shouldn't call it luck because they are both skilled guys. Is Justin Watson and MVS? How do you change the game plan, especially if, if Travis is in a situation where he's not going to be available? How do you tweak that? To take advantage of the two steadiest hands you had in Week One. I think that has to be part of this this game plan going forward this week. Is that pairing the younger receivers with each other? Is it running more designs for Sky Moore, who didn't get enough targets, in my opinion, but also didn't seem to be the focus of the game plan in week one? Again, I think because of the late injury to Travis Kelsey, they kind of shifted everything. So those are two things that I need to see from the pass game next week is focus on getting the guys that are steady, their touches in MBS and Justin Watson, and be creative for Sky. That's what I want to see. Well, and I know a lot of people are not going to like this, but get the ball early to Tony. Set the tone and, and get him involved in the offense. He needs to get back and get past that that poor game. I have no doubt in my mind he's going to have a much better season than what we saw last week. I don't think that that's a situation that's going to continue week in, week out. I'm not saying you have to feed him 10 passes. I'm just saying get him involved early, show you have confidence in him, because I know the team does, and use that to your advantage. Uh, don't necessarily just use him on gadget plays. Actually target him on wide receiver plays, uh, and I think he'll produce for you. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, they need to, to figure that out as the schedule is moving along. I did get a gift. Uh, the Dolphins have beaten the Los Angeles Chargers here this afternoon. So uh, this is despite so – The Chiefs are chasing the Raiders. <clears throat> right now, the Raiders are the only <laughs> AFC West team with a win. Uh, didn't think I'd be saying that today, but yeah, sorry, uh, the Chiefs resist. are now – Half game out behind the Raiders. Okay. So, but the rest, uh, both the Broncos and Chargers have lost today. So, the, the AFC West is now one in four, or I'm sorry, one in three on week one. Uh, well, wouldn't have guessed that either. 
No, and uh, how about the Bengals putting up three points? Yeah, that is the other takeaway. We'll probably get into that a little bit more uh, this week as we come up. But Chiefs are not the only high-powered team to have some hiccups here. Uh, certainly, the Bengals are one of them as well. Uh, and I, let's let's see what happens the rest of the week as we get through. Uh, I think probably the most intriguing game for me is going to be Jets-Bills and what the Bills come out and look like given the drama there. So it's not over yet, but the Chiefs are out a little bit in front having been able to take their lump early, get back on the horse, and get back after it. I do think we're going to see a pretty good turnaround coming into week two. We're going to give you all of it step-by-step all week long with Matt Derrick on Wednesday and all of our normal shows. And obviously, we're still going to be watching Travis Kelsey's injury. But the other positive that you have to remember coming out of Thursday night is no new injuries. Uh, obviously, Travis Kelsey is a huge injury you have to watch. But no new injuries coming from Thursday night. That should be a good indication as to having everybody available, just about everybody available, going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. Agreed. Let, let's hope that, uh, that that is of use. So, folks, we'll be with you all week long. Remember, if you're not an everydayer yet, become one. Get liked and subbed here on YouTube. Subscribe on Spotify and Apple. Make sure that you're here for the rest of the week as we break down what those matchups are going to start to look like tomorrow. What Matt Derrick thinks from inside the facility once practice has begun again this week. We'll talk to him on Wednesday. Then we come back and we start taking a hard look at the Jaguars themselves, get some inside info, and then we get you ready for game day with everything that we think needs to go in that game plan on our Friday show. We appreciate you spending your time with us. Make sure that you check out another Lockdown show next, but Make sure you're back here with us every day this week because we're here five days a week for you. We appreciate your time and your effort. Hope that you enjoyed the live show and enjoy Sunday Night Football. We'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.